0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself,
1: Frankie. And Marcus, what is going on, Frank? We have made it to week one of the U.S. Open.
0: Oh yeah, and Marcus is coming to us live
1: from Davenport, Iowa. Yeah, it's it, it's really sexy here, really enjoying it. No, I'm just kidding. Iowa's actually pretty nice so far. We've we've driven through a little bit. My, my girlfriend and I are moving across the country to Denver, Colorado, and we've... Uh, Undertaken the road trip. So we're about halfway there, but I am super excited to be potting with Frankie here uh, and to be chatting about some US Open stuff that we got to get through.
0: Absolutely. And of course, I think we should probably lead this episode off with the retirement of one of the most important players of tennis history, Andreas Seppi, who retired after his matchup at the US <laughs> Open. <laughs> so unfortunately, Marcus will not be able to be hitting with him in Denver um unless he wants to continue playing in his retirement who knows he's
1: he's, he's gonna go on the atp champions tour with his boys now and ferrer and them so uh he's gonna have someone to train with uh i'm gonna dm you on instagram please answer uh, that is just something <laughs> anyway so
0: now we are going to discuss the actual biggest story of the u.s open so far uh which is serena williams so serena uh won her first two rounds um, including an upset win over a net which I think was a huge match that was watched all over the country, seemingly. I think it was watched by 10 million people on ESPN alone, which is just insane numbers for primetime at the US Open just on a regular weeknight. So kind of just goes to show how popular she is. And, you know, Marcus, I think unfortunately she did go down on Friday to Aya Tamjanovic in three sets. It was a great match, but I think Marcus Serena really showed everybody that she is still right there at the top of the game. And I personally have no doubt that if given like an actual run up to the tournament, like, you know, if she went hard for like a few months and really just gave it her complete all peak, uh, that she can right now, she probably would have made a much deeper run than she did and been able to really challenge potentially for the U S open. I don't know if she would be able to beat somebody like Iga Svantec at this point, or on even, or Coco golf, et cetera. But to say that she's not in contention for it, I think would be a mistake. And and she was playing really, really well. Like I was impressed that even beyond match from match improvement, it seemed to be like game by game. She was getting better and playing herself into the tournament, uh, which was really, really incredible. And it's always good to get eyeballs on tennis, which, Serena definitely did.
1: Yeah, congratulations definitely to Serena on a great career. However, I don't think that career is over.
0: I happen to agree with you. I think she's going to come back within a year or two. I think
1: she's going to have another child or two. And I think she's going to come back right after. Did you see in that post-match interview, Frank, the when they asked her, like, oh, is this really it for you? That... That was not a goodbye, like, oh, this is really it. She was like, I oh, you know, I don't know. You never know. That was like a Tom Brady, like, I'm gonna retire now. You know what it probably was, Frank? I think she didn't expect to be playing this well and to be physically that in that good of shape. Because she looks really good after playing a two and a half hour match against Kantavite and then almost a three-hour match against Ayla Tomlanovich. Uh she's not done. She's I I think that she realized that she can still play at a very high level. The women's game has actually gone down in terms of top-level player quality. Okay, we have Iga, you know, making runs here. Um, you know, obviously starting to dominate a little bit, but Naomi Osaka is not what she used to be, and she used to be beating Serena on the regular. Uh, Ash Barty has retired. Beyond really Iga, the field, in my opinion, is just completely open. And again, like you just mentioned, Serena had, barely even really trained for this tournament she played a couple of practice matches and stuff and then she went in and played this good I mean if she she had a full training block under her belt started to play tournaments at least on a semi-regular basis there is absolutely no reason why she could not be in contention and I think that she was realizing that in the interview like I've got a lot more left in the tank I don't think this is the last we've seen of Serena Williams playing professional tennis
0: yeah I completely agree I think that she basically made the same assessment that I made just before when if she would have actually had a, like a decent run-up into the tournament, she probably would have been within contention of like top five people. The only thing that I'll say in response to you, like I had just mentioned actually, is I don't think that she can, even at her maximum run-up, be able to beat Iga Sviantec or even Coco Gauff or Angebor at this point. I just don't know if that's possible for her like to win... Like, the thing is, is that she was able to accomplish that. And yes, I understand, like, she played a big match, the, you know, two and a half hours against Kontavite But ultimately, she was able to sustain that for two, three rounds. We're talking about six rounds in. Is she going to be able to outlast physically somebody as young as Iga Fiantech or Coco Goff at this point? I think that that could potentially be a very different question. But like I said... Getting to the semifinals or finals at her age is ridiculous, and I think that she could absolutely do that if she continued to have a run-up. And to Marcus's point, I don't think this is goodbye. I think we're going to see her in another year or two. But I guess we'll see what happens with uh, with Serena.
1: I think we're going to see her next, like starting next season. I r- I really think she's going to give it one more full oh, year. So
0: you're going like full Tom Brady. Oh, you're thinking like this oh, is yeah. a one month and then well, there's we're, no I'm time to waste,
1: back. Frank. She's she's forty years old. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely no time to waste. She's 40 years old. She knows that she if she gets in shape right now, uh, I wouldn't ca- Again, I agree with you in that point that maybe she might not be able to win all these majors, but I think Wimbledon, if she trained, had a full at least half a season of matches under her belt, went into Wimbledon, I don't see any viable reason why she could not win Wimbledon. I think she would beat Ega on grass, honestly, if she was in good enough shape. I don't think Ega's a very good grass player, but it's all yet to be seen, so... I I think we're going to see Serena very, very soon. Partially agree.
0: Um, I personally think that the grass courts are going to start to be dominated by Coco Goff starting next year. I think Coco next year is going to be the year where she really begins to assert herself on the tour. Um, I think that this has been a really big step for her this year alone. And she actually, I think, might be my favorite to win the rest of the tournament. Um, Even though Iga has looked so good. And Caroline Garcia also has looked quite good. But I would still say, um, you know, I, I expect big things out of Coco Golf next year.
1: Danielle Collins has also looked extremely good like this whole this whole draw is completely this whole draw is just completely open kind of like we just you know predicted a week ago man I mean at least at least we didn't also (laughs) at least we didn't the
0: number one the number one thing that we said right regardless of our like stupid well my stupid predictions is that hold
1: on we need to address that right now. Well, that's what I'm. I, I, I picked Simona Halep to win the U.S. Open. She lost to a qualifier, and Frank picked Taylor Fritz to make it to the final, and he lost to a qualifier. So the Breakpoint Podcast curse is real, folks.
0: Yeah, I was also a little bit concerned about Yannick center in the first round. Remember, we dropped that first set. That was really concerning. But he's playing well now, so he's doing fine. But I think the number one thing that people need to remember about our predictions from the pre-tournament is that actually they have come true. Because the number one thing that we said was that this tournament would be wide open and we had no idea who was going to win. And it was going to be a pure match-by-match basis of like somebody could get hot and win this whole thing. And... That, I think, has very much held true on both sides. This is definitely a very, like, vacuum-level tournament where we have no idea who's going to end up winning. Um, But I think Marcus, like, has just mentioned on the men's side, has basically gone according to plan, in my opinion. Like, I don't think there's really been too many big upsets. The only notable super big upset has been Felix Alger-Aliassime losing, which, you know, is a real... Shock to no one that FAA choked something. So, you know, just disappointing from him again. But Alcaraz has gotten into a little bit of trouble, but like he's been able to hold up. Yannick Sinner has gotten into a little bit of trouble, but he's been able to hold up, which I think is a really positive sign for those two guys. That you know they've been able to sort of like. I feel like in the past, especially with Yannick. If he was really pushed into a corner, he was not able to really like overcome and assert himself. And I've seen him do that, like last night against Nakashima. He was just not playing well, and then all of a sudden, like snap, flip, uh, switch flipped, and like steamrolls him. In sets two, three, four, which I think is a really positive sign. Nadal able to flip that switch against Fognini the other night, really, really awesome. But. I think um, the players who, for me, have stood out the most so far, um, Daniil Medvedev looks so good, really, really good. Um, Marin Cilic, who Marcus is going to talk about a little bit more because he's been watching him quite intensely, has looked really, really good. And unfortunately, Cam Nori has looked really, really good also.
1: Oh, yeah. Shout out to Mackie McDonald, supposed to be beating Cameron Nori in the second round. My bad. Whoops. Forgot to mention that one. That's tough. Yeah, no, that's that's a me. Also, my other one that I was wrong with
0: Uh um, was I flagged a potential upset alert with Sloane
1: Stevens versus Iga, and Iga absolutely slapped her. Crushed her. Yep. Bad call there. But to be fair, that is, I, I could see why you would think that, but... Yeah, Iga's on a mission right now. In terms of the men's side, yeah. I mean, Sitsipas also a total disappointment losing to uh, Galan, who I think is actually really good, but you just can't be losing 6-love, six 6-1 six in those first two sets if you're a top-five player. No, um, that was
0: embarrassing. That was yeah, embarrassing.
1: Not good at all. Sinner, I'm a little concerned about because he's getting off to some slow starts in these matches, and he's have matches where he's just kind of like not snoozing, but just not playing well for sets at a time. And if he wants to beat an Alcaraz or someone in the quarterfinals, he really needs to tighten up his game. He cannot afford to go down a set or two to someone like that because they will put him away. Uh, Berrettini has looked relatively good. Played five sets today against Davidovich Fokina, which is no who was absolutely no scrub. Uh, so he's going to be set up against. A, a a quite nice surprise that Kasparud is playing extremely well at this U.S. Open. Usually he gets smacked around at the Open, which is, I guess explains why they put the man on court 12 first round. Jesus Christ, U.S. Open schedules. You can't put a five-seed on court 12. That's not cool. But he's playing his way into the tournament. I'd like to see him against Berrettini. That'll be a good match. So I think the men's draw is shaken out to... a to a really uh, a good spot with all the big names still in there uh and now starting to play against each other with our most notable match tonight Frank uh Daniil Medvedev against Nick Kyrgios who has also looked really really good so far
0: Kyrgios has looked great outside of like taking one set off which like is his MO so that's fine You can catch our predictions for that match on our Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, where we have been doing stories and lives and a bunch of really cool stuff. So you should definitely give us a follow there and you'll see our predictions for most of these matches or at least the night session matches um, on the Instagram. And I think we might do a little I think we might do an Instagram live tonight very briefly for the predictions rather than a story, which which would be fun.
1: Absolutely. Find us on Breakpoint Podcast Seven for an Instagram Live starting at seven PM Eastern, six PM Central.
0: Or if you want to send Marcus a shirt, you can send it to a, a PO box in Denver because Marcus apparently owns no shirts. No comment. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think the other story that I actually want to talk about really quickly. Um, I think we all expected big things out of Bora, Borna Courage for this tournament, and he just bowed out to Jensen Brooksby. Brooksby just absolutely manhandled him, which Brooksby's... was a su- real surprise to me. But well, bro- I, I mean, Brooksby, Brooksby
1: played really well against Corridge and then got destroyed by Alcaraz so you know, quickly. You know what's funny about that? Well, first of all, I could see how he could beat Corch cuz I think Corch is still a little bit shaky even though I know he just won a tournament, but like Brooksby can just really mess you up. And there's some players where you look at that like that could be a bad matchup. Um, but my my dad texted me the, the next morning and he wrote and he quoted, he said, "You're only as good as your second serve." Well, look what happened to Jensen Brooksby and just got smoked by Alcaraz. So Jensen Brooksby is a good player, but if he really wants to improve, he seriously needs to work on his serve because it is an extreme liability. And for him moving forward, people are going to start figuring that out. But Alcaraz, yeah, just smothered him. Didn't let Brooksby get into his weird rhythm where he starts hitting weird shots and doing weird shit. Um, Alcaraz is just totally, totally in control of that. Alcaraz has looked great. So, you know, Frank, I, I'm excited for week two. I'm just really, really excited to be watching matches, especially tonight's.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a just a lot of potential for really good matchups, which is which is nice for the Open, right? Because I think even in this round of sixteen, Tiafoe Nadal, that's no walkover for Nadal. Like, I'm curious to see what the odds maker spreads are on that match. Nori versus Rublev is going to be an absolute slugfest, especially considering that Rublev just played the match of the tournament, uh, last round against. Denis Shapovalov in five oh, yeah. sets.
1: We forgot to talk about that.
0: Yeah. Al- Alcaraz versus Chilich, I think is uh, so amazing. And I'm I'm gonna actually be at that match, so I'll uh post on our Instagram for that one. But I'm super pumped up for that because I think that's the matchup of the round of 16. Uh, Sinner versus Ivashka which is another person we should talk about Ivashka has had a fantastic run so far in the tournament including beating Hubi Hercash I believe is the person that he upset so yes he, played he really, did. really well
1: Oh another bad prediction for me Hubi Hercash making it to yeah, the Yeah that one or that really one bad. I
0: tried to warn you about but that's Fair enough. yeah that that yeah. one you got to own um Berrettini versus um well now it's going to be Berrettini versus Casper Root in the quarterfinals that's going to be an awesome quarter Um, I have no idea who's going to win that, but I'm really happy that Berrettini is playing well again and getting deep into majors because the guy is so talented and the tour is just better with him. And of course, my favorite player, uh, Pablo Carino Busta playing Karen Kachinov. So PCB has got another chance to make it to a quarterfinals. And then we've got the match tonight, like we said, of Kyrgios and Medvedev. So just a ton of really, really exciting matchups. This is super good for the game. And Marcus, we're not going to give the match-by-match predictions. We're going to save that for the gram, save that for live, save that for stories. But if you could give me your top three players in
1: order, who do you think is going to win the tournament? For the women's side, I'm going to go Iga, I'm going to go Iga, Coco, and I'm gonna go with Sabalenka. And for the men, I'm gonna go Alcaraz, Medvedev, Nadal. Women's side, I'm actually
0: gonna go with Ego one, Danielle Collins two.
1: And that's a good I will
0: go with Caroline Garcia three.
1: Ooh, that's bold. I like it though. Yeah.
0: I really like it. That's a
1: good bold call. Yeah, I,
0: like I think I think I think Caroline Garcia's been playing really well. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I missed a matchup with with our girlfriend. There's Caroline just so Garcia. many players no. playing She's well. She's playing. It's oh, crazy. Caroline Garcia, Coco Golf for a quarterfinal. That's box office. Stop. That's awesome. Get your tickets, people. That's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. All right, give me your on men's. the men's side. I will go with Medvedev one. Ooh. I will go with. I gotta. I'm sorry. I gotta see the draw here because I do not. I. I. I really don't want to say Nadal, but... You're going to have to. I think I'm going to have to just because of the way that that side shakes out. I will go with Nadal. Yeah. I'm going to go with Nadal, too, and I'll go with... I'll tell you what. I'm going to go with Nick Kyrgios at three.
1: I think How, if Kyr- Hold on a sec. How can you pick Medvedev and Kyrios in the, in the top three players when a tournament of both of them are because playing? Because I think, I think that that side, if Kyrgios wins
0: that match, I think he's the best player left on that side of the draw. I think he's better than Berrettini. I think he's better than Casper Ruud. I think he's better than PCB. So he's got a clear run to the final. And then he'd be playing either Sinner, Alcaraz, or Nadal most likely. And I think that he would have a very legit chance against all of those guys. That's my logic. Alcaraz is fourth. Alcaraz slash Sinner. Whoever wins that matchup, should they both get there, that's the fourth person.
1: I think we got. I think we're gonna leave it at there for our listeners because I'm about to say something, and I realize that we're gonna save it for the Instagram. So, people, thank you so much for listening. Follow us uh, on Instagram tonight for the Instagram live for the Medvedev, uh curios Prediction. That's Breakpoint Podcast Seven on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. Hit us up, email us, whatever you want to do. But we're excited to be taking our predictions tonight. And uh, Frank and I will see you in a few minutes to do those predictions. So um, let's get to it. Stay tuned. And uh, as always, if you're interested in being on the podcast,
0: please DM us. If you want to join one of our stories, one of our lives, whatever, please DM us. And we'll be happy to have you on to give your predictions. We've been doing that with Shelby and Arabelle. And it's been uh, it's been really great. So we'd love to have you on. Thanks for listening. And we will catch you guys next time.
1: Shout out to Arabelle. She the goat.